1: What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Congos Over Cold Brew with me, your host Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're talking to a TikTok star Lydia Keating. She has over 1.2 million followers on the platform, and how I would describe her content is it's like vlogging. And I found her because she posts a lot about her running. And I honestly thought it was basically my twin, <laughs> which is kind of funny because when I posted on my story for this episode to ask her questions, people thought that it was me. So people were getting confused, but she's also a former D1 rower for Yale. And we talk about everything in this episode. It's a little bit longer. Me and Lydia could talk for hours, I swear. She'll definitely be on again in the future. But <laughs> before we talk about a second episode, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, you guys know the drill. If you love the podcast and you listen every week, and if you haven't already, a free way to support the podcast is just by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I know I say it all the time, but I can't stress enough how much it helps me. It's completely free. It only takes 15 seconds on Apple Podcasts, I swear. And I just love reading your guys' reviews too. It seriously makes my day. Like you guys are the ones that keep me going recording this podcast for you guys. And by you guys writing and reviewing and listening every week, I'm able to get on higher profile guests because they see that you guys love the podcast and then they can come on, answer your listener questions and it just helps establish credibility of the podcast. So if you haven't already done that, it would mean so much if you just took that 15 seconds to do that or just telling your friends listening every week. You guys know I appreciate you. Seriously would not be here without you fellows. So, today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. I've been using InsideTracker since February and let me tell you, the first time I got my blood work done, my results were shocking. I literally had no idea that, that my stress hormone cortisol would be so high. And with the help of InsideTracker, I've been making dietary and lifestyle changes to help, to help optimize that biomarker as well as other ones like vitamin D, my HDL cholesterol, they analyze so much of your body's data, and then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/emma. That's insidetracker.com/emma. Now let's get straight into the episode. Lydia thank you so much for coming on you I say this in every episode because everyone I bring on is a highly requested guest but it was so funny to see the reaction of people when I posted you on my story because first of all it was either so everyone thought it was me like people responded they're like "Lol, that you're so funny and I was like that's not me Oh, or people were just really excited to see us uh, collaborate on this podcast. So oh. I have a feeling it'll be a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's very flattering. I'm so honored to be on this podcast. <laughs> and I am very impressed that you have a podcast because I feel like I have always wanted to do a podcast. And it's like, it takes discipline You because you do this every week. Yeah, it's every Thursday. Yeah, that must be when did you start it? I st- so I started at a good time. It was during quarantine, so I had okay. extra time on my hands. I okay. cuz I was just like you. I was like I just want to start a podcast. I've always wanted to do it cuz I talk forever anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm like mm-hmm. might as well talk to everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was it was good during quarantine, but yeah, it's yeah. A, I think it's a lot more work than people think. Like people are like, "Oh, it's just yeah. a conversation." But I'm like the editing more than anything takes just hours but so do long you long. like will you go into this and like edit down the boring parts and like not really like most of the time I mean most of the time our conversations aren't boring so yeah. <laughs> we're very um, exciting people <laughs> yeah, yeah clearly but no I mean I will like if it's too long maybe I'll edit out a part or uh I just like I get scared or like <laughs> okay so I recorded a couple of days ago with uh mm-hmm. One of my friends, thank goodness. A lot of the people okay. I talk to are like people I know. So that's nice. But yeah. like my sink made some weird noise. So uh-huh. then, like, she was like in the middle of talking. I was like, <laughs> and then so I had to like <laughs> edit out that part. And I was like, yeah. sorry, my sink that doesn't have a garbage disposal just made the weirdest noise. Sketchy. But, yeah. That's the only thing. But I like listened to the podcast like three times through just to make sure it sounds good, which yeah, I can see why people have editors now. Anyways, I welcome know. to How to Make a Podcast with Sam <laughs> I'm so fascinated by it. I don't know if your listeners have a similar fascination. but Probably not. Everyone's in like, about Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so wait, you just moved to New York. I have, like, so many questions for you, but I feel like I don't, don't want to, like, co-opt this, but how is it living in New York? Oh, man, it is... Uh... Wild, I will say, just very different. I mean, I was living in Portland yep. before with basically okay. on Frat Row with all my friends. So, okay, we had like three houses in a row on a street that was kind of in and it was like a downtownish area. Okay. Um, and so it was just like very social or whatever. And then here, I mean, I guess New York is social too, but now I live alone again. Mm. I live on a pretty like popular street, I would say, but um yeah it's just just weird living alone again and I don't have as many friends obviously here yet Mm -hmm. but and it just it's it's the type of city where you have to make things happen for yourself because it's Mm -hmm. not gonna be handed to you like I could Mm -hmm. so easily just stay in my apartment and be like just kind of numb to the surroundings or whatever but you have to go out of your way to make plans and do stuff but I'm just figuring it out but I love it so far so Yeah, and are you? You're doing like being like a content creator, like running your own business full time. Yeah, yeah. I am. So I was actually going to move to New York um, in September, Mm -hmm. and then I found out like two weeks ago. I had applied to MFA programs in the fall, and like normally you find out about those early spring, like March and stuff. And I had gotten rejected from like every single one, but I didn't realize. I guess I had been waitlisted at BU. But I didn't even know, like I had like closed that door. I'd been like, I've been rejected. Like (laughs) my ego is hurting, but like, you know, we will carry on. And then I got this call being like, I, there's it's actually really unfortunate. There's a student who's um, like for the past few years had to defer because she's stuck in India. So they're like, you have a spot. And like the program's fully funded and it's only a year. So I'm like, I need to do this. So I threw out my New York plans, but bad but good for you i I did see that you were moving to boston i was like oh i wonder why she's like going there what is mfa Uh, master of fine arts so it can be like you know people can get their mfa in fine art which is like could be like painting or sculpting i don't know as much about that but i'm doing mine in creative writing specifically fiction so because i don't know um you probably don't know this but my tiktok started off so i my like Background is in comedy and doing stand-up. And when the pandemic started, I was like trying to like keep my comedic muscles strong. So that's like why I kind of ventured into TikTok to just like do some of my stand-up material that I had already like spent the past year writing um, on TikTok. And I like did these basically, I just basically told my jokes while putting on makeup and <laughs> Then it just kind of turned, and that, that's an example we were just talking, it was before you started recording for the <laughs> listeners, <laughs> we were talking about how like TikTok wants you to like fill a niche and like they want to see us like, or like it rewards like doing the same type of content over and over again. So er- yeah. my my phase one of TikTok was me basically doing this like very like specific format of telling, at first it was t- just telling jokes, but then I realized the the ones that did best were the ones that had like narrative arcs so it was like me telling stories while putting on makeup and um it's like a very short story time yeah exactly it was a story time um and then and I like did not know how to do makeup but I will say that I feel like I got a little bit better but I was just talking to a friend about how when I did those story times I um people would like, you know, obviously you know, people like love to shit on you on the internet or not you specifically, but when you're a content <laughs> creator, like getting hate or maybe not, maybe you like, maybe everyone no, loves it. No, everyone gets hate. I don't get a yeah, ton, like, but like yeah. everyone gets hate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like so when I was doing the story times I would like the biggest thing people would just like come for me for my makeup which was like so easy for me to shrug off because I'd be like whatever yeah I'm bad at makeup who gives a fuck well you're okay (laughs) (laughs) well you're tapping into like the beauty market too you know yeah yeah I think I probably like showed up on the FYPs like you know other people are doing this like format of like putting on makeup and there's like you know, makeup is an art. Like it <laughs> yeah, it's is, like full on sh- portraits on people's faces. Right, right. And like, it, there's like definitely like where I I like came to like really admire it as an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I was definitely not there, and I don't think I'll ever be there because I've never been like one. I've never been inc- artistically inclined in that way. But you know, I learned how to do a little um, eyeshadow. I learned how to do a little contour. <laughs> okay, um, hey, yeah. I can't do either of those. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I kind of, I feel like I held my own a bit. But but back then, people would shit on me for my makeup, and now that I'm like more in like the, I guess like personal. Like now, I'm like just like I don't do one type of content. Yeah, I feel like you're um, almost kind of like a vlogger on there. I try to be. Yeah. So thank you. But the hate that I get is like so much more like specific to my personality. I'm like, Ooh, "Oh, that hurts." <laughs> it's like, uh, can we go back to the days where people were shitting on my eyeliner?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, let's take a step back. Yeah. yeah come guys, on come my makeup, on. please. yeah, yeah. And what yeah. do people say? Um, now? Well, you know, it like varies per video. It's like, well, um, so recently I got Botox. <laughs> Okay. I saw that. Transparency. We love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It was my second time. And the first, I've like, you know, I feel like it was like kind of a growth moment for me where the first time I got Botox was in January. And when I got it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to like... I was just like I'm not putting this on the internet because I was like a little embarrassed or ashamed you know we have these like internalized things about like you know I think it's all kind of rooted in the patriarchy but I was like I'm not going to like show this um, and then this time I was like you know what I'll show this like first of all my life is not that interesting and it's like one of the few interesting things happening this week or like just like the, you know I really don't leave my house that much so it's like I might as well just show me leaving my house and doing this but um, okay so the Botox videos you know people just like everyone has all sorts of opinions about like why I shouldn't have gotten Botox and then like honestly the majority of comments were actually people being like go off queen you know like but we ignore the nice ones oh yeah You'll it's you like the mean ones yeah, yeah yeah I'm not like you know there's so many nice people out there who are like so supportive but it's like I don't give them the time of day. No, there's 99 nine nice comments, and the one thing I'll take away from it is the one mean one. Yeah, exactly. Do you, so, what like with your running content, do, like what's the kind of hate you get? Um, well, a lo- okay. When I first started, like I was not equipped to handle the hate. And mm. I feel like I, I'm not really controversial. I don't really do that much stuff. So I don't. know you're an unproblematic me. queen. Yeah, I try to be. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I first started, a lot of it was on my appearance. Like people mm-hmm. would kind of nitpick my appearance, um, especially mm-hmm. as like a runner, a competitive runner. You just get mm-hmm. uh, very much nitpicked and what you could do better. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah. then there was one I will always remember this one where someone mm-hmm. literally like wrote out a full length essay under one of my YouTube videos of like everything that I had. Quit since college. Oh my Because like, God. yeah, because it's like I mean, I was twenty one. Yeah, I've been through like very like a, just a ton of phases since college. I've yeah. had different jobs, just figuring out what I'm doing with my life yeah. or whatever. And yeah. someone just wrote out this whole essay. I was like, oh my gosh! But then it also like speaks volumes on them. It's like, what are oh, they yeah. doing with their life? <laughs> to do their research and do a five paragraph essay on what is wrong with me, you know, but yeah. A sad, sad soul. You have yeah. to be in like, such a dark place <laughs> to like go through the steps of yet yeah, doing the research, Yeah, writing it out, proofreading, and then deciding to press post. Like, Yeah. I'm like, what did you get from this? Yeah. yeah I, know. I know. Whenever someone commentate, I'm like, honestly, it's like, yeah, they're sad people, but, and you know, I think once you like rise enough to have like this a bigger following or like, you know, even a midsize following, like I feel like when I was even at like a hundred K followers on TikTok this like people just like project everything on you about them. And like with the body image stuff, you know, I, I all, like, I feel like my body's really visible on the internet, especially when I started like showing my runs and like the get ready with me to run. And I really didn't really think much about my body body like or like obviously I do but like the people are really like they they're not that I don't think anyone's ever been like oh you're brave but I think there's like this of the common there's a lot of implication that because I don't have like the stick thin Instagram model or like like you know when we see like professional runners they are really thin like people think that I'm like almost just like by being normal looking on the, and like not wearing a shirt on the internet, I'm like making some sort of like statement. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm but am literally like, just being myself. Yeah. And like, I feel like I've somehow, I'm not maybe body positivity because I know that's kind of like a fraught space where it's like, yeah. I'm an able-bodied cis white woman. I don't really, I should not be taking up space in you know, body positivity stuff. But like, I definitely, people have like put I feel like I've been put there it, it like not that I've like intended to be either yeah. I don't know yeah it's like you don't even really talk about it just being yourself you're just put into that uh category that is so right. interesting and especially yeah. like you have so many followers how many do you have on TikTok now like 1.1.2 1. but 1. like 2 million 2, followers like yeah but when I lost I lost a decent amount I lost like like maybe 1,500. It's like sad that I like know that, but from <laughs> I when I put, like 1,475. Yeah. When I posted the Botox stuff, like I lost a lot of followers, but, um, I, I was like, and I tried not to fixate on it, but that was like, I was like, Oh, interesting. But I think that goes back to people being like, cause one of the comments people said was like, um, or one that like, I remember was someone being like, you're all about health and positivity. Like why would you be putting toxins into your face? And it's like, okay, that is like so far off from like what Botox really is, but it's like, yeah, I am about health and like, uh, living healthy life, but like, I never, like, that's not all I am. Like, I'm also kind of a vain bitch. (laughs) I I think, I think a lot of people put, they have this image of you, of you in their minds. And if you mm-hmm. don't, if you do something that goes against the image, it like really offends people a lot of the time. And it's yeah. kind of crazy because it's like a person too. And yeah. I don't know, it's like even in the running world, when I first like graduated college and everything, I was like afraid to kind of show that I, like, wasn't eating healthy all the time and that Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting, like, the best sleep and I was going out more and, like, drinking alcohol and I was, like, Mm -hmm. so afraid to show it because I I knew people had this perception of me in their mind that I was, like, super, I don't know what the right word is, but um, at the end of the day, like, that's not really me, you know? I like to live Mm -hmm. a balanced life of health and wellness and then also having a little, not wild side sounds weird, but... yeah. Yeah, but just, just having seeing, like multi dimensional and like, yeah. You're not. Yeah, you don't like you maybe like, eat like really well a lot of the day, but then like you want to have your fun at night or whatever, or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, I think like, it's weird, because there's definitely like a call people like want to see authenticity. Yeah, but then um, but they want to see like authenticity in the specific version of you that they've created. Yeah. And as soon as you step outside of that and you're like, wait, and, and you are being authentic, like they, they're like, wait, this isn't, this isn't you. And it's like, you know, it is. You just made up something in your head. Cause you don't know me. You see me on the internet and it's, it. I have been like recently really struggling with that and like definitely building some resent. I love fruit gang. So if anyone in from fruit gang is listening to this, but, but like there are some trolls that have just made me a little salty about, about the internet, I guess. I don't yeah. know if you ever, have you gone through fake? Cause how long have you been doing um, like social media? So I started my YouTube channel back in 2017. So it's been mm-hmm. a little bit uh, like a little while, but I've also stayed very like niche, you know, I'm in the running mm-hmm. world and mm-hmm. a lot of runners know me and I don't really branch out of that sort of thing so mm. I think people know what they're going to get when they see me like not I feel like not really a lot of new people are coming to my page and if they are they've probably mm. already heard about me from someone else if like if you're in the competitive running space I don't want to toot my own horn but like if you're in mm-hmm. the competitive running space it's just really small so people just kind of know each other um what so was your inspiration like- for starting the YouTube channel like what did you like um, yeah. Like what did you want to show or like, I was just, I was, so I was in college was a senior and I think I was okay. So first of all, I was really bored. I was in Eugene, Oregon, which is just mm-hmm. there's not that much going on in the summer. Like none of my teammates are really there anymore. And I was like, I always have been a YouTube watcher. And I feel like if you're a YouTube watcher, you're more inclined to start a YouTube channel. Like there's two types yeah. of people. And I've said this like on other, I think Instagram, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's two types of people. It's like people that watch YouTube and people that don't follow YouTube at all. Mm-hmm. And I've always been one that followed YouTube. And I was like, I can do this. And, like, the running YouTube scene was kind of popping up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can do this. So then the first video I posted was Day in the Life of a D1 Runner. And it, mm-hmm. and I just, and I, it was just, like, the clickbait. Like, people were just – Yeah, yeah. Up, And I kind of knew it, too. And, like, Oregon is pretty secretive with their running stuff, especially back then. Like, social yeah. media wasn't as big. And Oregon was very secretive. So I knew people would mm-hmm. want to see behind the scenes of what it was like. And then – right. Yeah. I mean, I never thought to this extent that I would be, like, doing this for my career at all. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. – I did not realize that I would be, like, fa- even famous in the running world. Or that people would even know me, not for my running times, but for my yeah. YouTube channel. Like, I'll always be known as Emma, the girl with the YouTube channel in the yeah. running world, which is just kind of funny to think about. But um, what about you? Like, why did you start your TikTok? Well, I guess you started for the – um the comedy thing, but then also yeah. how did you, the better question is how did you get into what you're doing now? And also what made you famous? Um. Well, I, I okay. I feel, I don't know. There might be a bunch of different questions or answers to those questions, but I definitely started like, trying to build a presence on the internet because I was like obsessed with standup comedy, obsessed with doing it. And um, even before the pandemic, I started to be like, okay, cause you know, comics, when you start, you're going to open mics, you're obviously not making any money. Like literally you're paid in drink tickets if you get booked and I was in LA. And so like, you know, I'm surrounded by these, Like, and I'm actually, so now that I've been doing a little bit of comedy in Providence, Rhode Island, I have um I'm just like so grateful for having started in l a just because not that like Providence isn't a great scene, but like in l a you're just literally surrounded by headliners, like not like not you know, there would actually be headliners at open mics, so just the quality of talent and the standard that's set is so high mm-hmm. that like there's you stay humble which I think is actually really good for stand-up or for it was good for my stand-up to just be like I'm always thinking I was bad and like I don't know it, it helped me a little bit like but stand-up I, comedy doesn't humble you enough already yeah yeah it did like people staring at me blankly it shows that humbled me but also like well I would get way more nervous at mics than it shows because I was like I really cared a lot about like the opinion of my like like comic peers and like and honestly I think that's because they dictate a lot about like how you like whether you get booked because like it's it's other comedians who are producing shows it's not you know random people so like you want them to think you're funny and you want them to think you're like cool you know kind of stuff like that and I also just like have a thing and I still think this way where I just think anyone who's good at comedy is so cool. And that's probably a big reason why I got into it. Cause I was like, I want to be like these people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they, I, so I rode in college and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure as you know, like when you're a college athlete, you are, so, I felt so one dimensional and I felt like that, like my identity was rowing and I had all these other, like almost like closeted passions, that, um, I just like never pursued and never had the time to pursue because I was practicing twice a day, and there was definitely a culture on my team, and I don't know what it was like for you where like, even when you tried to branch socially away, like just like spend time with non teammates, it kind of there no one ever would say anything explicitly, but I just feel like it was just a little bit like. What is she doing? Like, she's not invested in the team. Like, yeah. So, and so by my like honestly, by my junior year, I had just given up and been like, okay, my only friends will be my teammates. My identity will be rowing. <laughs> I'm I'm like committed to doing this for all four years. Like, not monetarily. I just had like committed that to myself. And so I just like in Yale, I so I wrote at Yale, and they have like a really cool like arts comedy improv scene. Um and I would always go to the shows, but just like never pursue it. Anyway, I don't know how I got here, but, um, oh, you asked me how I started my TikTok. Oh, so I just like got, I started to realize, okay, maybe a way, there's like two ways I can go about comedy. I can like get time on stage and just keeping going to open mics and like getting in better and better um, with practice. But I can also try and start building an online audience, which is like a naive thing to think. Cause like, yeah, of course, anyone who's like an entertainer, wants to have an online audience. Like that's like a a desired thing. Yeah. Um, but then quarantine and like the pandemic happened and I was like, just, I had a lot of time on my hands and I just started making like kind of sketch videos and putting them on Instagram, like wasn't really doing TikTok at all. But there was one video I made that I was like, too embarrassed to put on Instagram. I was like, this is so bad. That's and, wrong TikTok is by, for my embarrassing content. Exactly. I feel the same way. And it's ironic because, well, I, for you, do you have more followers on TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Okay. TikTok has been like a uh, recent thing for me. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to get into it and be consistent. Did your TikTok series start, like, was your, like, the, was the series getting good at running again? Like your first, your, your first TikToks? No, I I like had some random ones before that of me just like, I don't even remember what it was like posing, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, I would post running content here and there and Mm -hmm. it was always the thing that did the best. Like Mm -hmm. I had a base following. I think I had a couple thousand subscribers. So it's like Mm -hmm. just from posting, like running TikToks on occasion, like every couple months Mm -hmm. I would just post some random funny TikTok I thought of that had to do with running and it would just go Mm -hmm. viral. I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm." And then with the getting good at running content again, I don't even know why. Like one day I was just like, I should just do this. Like I just think it would be fun. And like it kind of went back to my YouTube channel because the reason I started my YouTube channel, like one, I was bored. Mm -hmm. Two, I think I just needed something else in my life other than just running to Mm -hmm. focus on. And like it really helped me bring back a passion, not like bringing people along necessarily. Like I didn't need to have fans, Mm -hmm. but I think just the act of making the YouTube videos – was just kind of a distraction from like the burnout that was almost inevitable yeah. and came at the end of my senior year yeah. but um like with TikTok again it's like I don't I can't focus on just the running aspect of it because it stresses me out because I'm not in great shape compared to like you know me back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. but like being able to focus on something else that also has to do with running and just I don't know bringing people along too is just a great thing so that's why I started that little series and we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing the same format of just like, should I just do it for 300 days? Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the, what the right yeah. move is, but we'll see. Um, did you, so what has been like your running like journey? So you, at the end, you finished college mm-hmm. and then did you keep running professionally or like, like what, what happened? <laughs> so I ended up leaving college early one, because I had a job offer from my YouTube channel, which was oh, cool. I basically got recruited um, to work amazing. for this track and field agent that um, like he's an agent for a bunch of Olympic track and field athletes. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was a social media person. I was like, this is like an ideal job. And I knew I wasn't going to run anymore because I was really burnt out and I could just feel it coming. I was like, I need to do something else. Um, Wait, What did he, what were you recruited to do? So good question. Um, (laughs) I don't know. At the end of the day, like there just wasn't really a job for me there. Uh I, I like the company was great. It was very small. There's only like four uh-huh. people that work at the company and there was, there just wasn't really any direction. And I was like, I'm a girl with a YouTube channel. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would basically send athletes these kind of like social media plans to help them build their social media presence, but mm-hmm. the athletes weren't doing it. So it was yeah. just, Yeah. But oh so he wanted you you weren't, you weren't being recruited as a client. You were being recruited as like someone who would help guide his clients. Yeah. And- I was yeah, I was being recruited okay. to work for the company as some as like a social media mm. PR person. I, I don't really remember, but um yeah, I was in I was in Atlanta for four months. I don't know anyone in Atlanta. And um, you dropped out to do I this didn't, job. I didn't drop out. I didn't drop okay. out. I finished college early. I just didn't take my last season of eligibility. Oh, okay. Cause you're a spring sport. Well, it's year round. So you have cross country in the fall and then indoor track and that is in the winter and then outdoor track is in the spring. So I didn't take, I, yeah, I didn't take the spring season. Um, and then I even- I like decided to join a professional team when I was in Atlanta, which was not the best decision because I was just not mentally there and like in it. But I empathize with that. Like I feel like when it's like what you know, I definitely had that like itch. Like I, even though I was so burnt out too at the end of college, I was like, should I just keep going because it's like what I'm good at and what I know? And yeah, like, I'm yeah, and and yeah. So what happened? You well, did it and it just went badly, or so? It, I mean, it didn't go badly, and like. I don't know. I just think it, it, my whole Atlanta situation, like I just didn't know anyone, which is basically why I joined the team. Cause again, it was all I knew. My identity in college was running and I didn't have any friends outside of the team. I gave up on that desire yeah. <laughs> my freshman year. You yeah, like, yeah. 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 And like traveling year round, it's like, I'm not going to be like Mm-mm. hanging out with these people on the weekends or whatever. But yeah. um, so I joined that professional team and then the job just wasn't really like, I wasn't really learning anything. And I was like, I just need to do something else. So then I decided to move back um, home to San Diego for a little while. And I did oh, that from for a San year. Diego? Yeah, I'm from San Diego. Wow. I'm obsessed with San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I can see you in San Diego. You look like you're from San Diego. Oh, okay. I, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like, since then, my running has just been like, so on and off because I don't think I've ever really been mentally there to be able to get back to where I was because it is just like a big mental toll on you and like yeah. balancing that and like working for myself though it is in the running world. Like I kind of posted a YouTube video on, on this um, last week that just talked about like my mental headspace. Like I've just never really been oh like back to where I once was because mm. I don't think I like addressed a lot of the issues that I have, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. that like confidence wise in terms of running just like body image stuff so mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff and then I started going to therapy mm-hmm. um a couple months ago and then it's really helped me and then now like with the getting back into running series getting good at running again it's like I feel much mm-hmm. more equipped to be able to dedicate more time to running and like mm-hmm. just mentally because I'm I don't know so it's it's been a whirlwind and like I've run I ran like the Chicago Marathon back in 2019 and like I run. I just I just haven't had like a year of solid training so Mm -hmm. because I think of my mental headspace and me like giving up so soon because I just it was kind of a mess but yeah that's basically summarized (laughs) but we'll see like I I don't know I I'm very optimistic about the future because I am dealing with the mental side of it that I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I don't feel like I'm done yet either at the end of the day, like I don't uh, competitively, yeah, like I feel like I can get back into it, I mean I love running just, mm-hmm. I think now what I've learned after college is that like running is fun not competitively, like I just mm-hmm. like to do it as an as an activity, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, but I also don't feel like I'll be fulfilled unless I like, you know push my body to the physical limit, and I know what it's capable of. It's just Mm -hmm. getting there again. I don't know.
0: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you.
1: What was your distance in college? I was uh, like a miler of 1,500 and miler and I ran cross country too. So that was 6K. Okay. So when you like see a version of yourself competing again, what distance do you think that would be at? That's a good question. I like, I mean, I feel like after college, more marathon like road racing is definitely more popular obviously Mm um like getting on the track is just a lot a little bit more niche or whatever Mm -hmm. and like I honestly I don't know if I see myself running another like 1500 again like it just takes a lot of speed training but I think like 5k's on the road would be good I don't see myself as a marathoner um I just don't I don't know if I have it in me to be doing a ton of miles like I love I would do it on occasion because even running the chicago marathon back in 2019 was super Mm -hmm. fun but Mm -hmm. uh yeah we'll see i don't know five k's on the road 10 k's maybe we'll see yeah yeah Yeah. but i'm curious about your running journey
0: because i I don't
1: want to make this whole episode about me like all i know is like probably already know all this about me (laughs) but uh, well, I didn't so I'm very interested yeah no I I know I feel like we could talk for hours about this it's, I know. it's our first time meeting it's like I know just, we want to get to know each other better but yeah um yeah how did you get into running because obviously you rode in college and then how did that translate into like you're going on like long runs yeah yeah so I um like, I, I, cause rowing is, well, well, we were also full year. Um, well, we didn't compete in the winter, but I would say arguably the winter was like the hardest training period because yeah. it was like winter training, just like an absolute slog. Yeah. Um, But uh, like, you know, the, the number that you fixate on with rowing is the 2k. And that's, you know, really, you know, only like, well, ideally like a fast 2k for a collegiate rower, female rower is like in the sub seven. So I actually, maybe it's even faster now. I feel like the sport is growing so much that it could be even faster now, but, um, and, you know, that's like a short, it, that's kind of, it's like a sprint, you know, anything yeah. I feel like under 10 minutes or maybe it's different with running, but it, it, it's like a short time to just like exert yourself. Yeah. It's like a so, mile, I would say probably in the, in equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very painful. I like, I feel like, like the mile, um, because it's not like short enough for you to just go all out and not think like you do have to kind of think about pacing yourself, but yeah, it's super painful. But I think because I had spent, you know, eight years of my life focused on going fast over a certain distance, the idea of um, like approaching a new sport with that same mentality was like, I, like, I just was so burnt out at the end of college. So for me with running, I was like the only way that I can like, do this and feel fulfilled by like with progress is by treating it. Like I can either try and go faster or I can just see how far I can go. And so that's why distance run, like running long distances really appealed to me because I never like look at my like pace. Really. I just, am like the, the, when I think about pushing myself, I think about, okay, running, like last week I ran 12 miles. Let's see if I can do 13 or like, you know, last week I ran 15 let's see if I can do 17 sort of thing so that's why I run long distances but I always like I don't know if you look but I, like I post my like little stat because I use the Apple watch and I post at the end and it's usually like anywhere between like an eight thirty and a nine thirty pace which I, some people I know like everyone's at a different place with their running and like for some that might be like fast but for you know I know for like perfect runners probably in your social sphere that's not very fast <laughs> okay but like just going into the sport and running like if you're running 17 miles at that pace like that's no easy feat I don't when I was in college you know yeah I was doing my runs at you know seven thirty, seven 7 to seven thirty pace like my easy runs or whatever but yeah. I was not going over 11 like I remember I would hit the hour mark and be like I'm ready for this to be done you know so it's like but, it's just impressive yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But what I think is weird, and maybe like you know more about this just from like a physiological perspective. But when I try and run like one mile at like pushing pace, like if I tried to run a mile at a 730 pace, I would feel gassed by the end of it. So it's like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm at a very much a sweet spot. And if I try and push beyond that, I just like feel really tired. And like, you know where i had like i think a pretty it took me a long time to get to this point i mean i graduated in 20 when did you graduate i graduated in 2017 2018 okay so it, i'm now like four four years out and it def wait that's right yeah i'm <laughs> four years out <laughs> it i feel like only until this past year have i like Gained a healthy relationship with working out. And what I mean by healthy is just like doing it consistently. Um, Because I had like such a toxic, like I graduated and I was literally like, I'm never working out again. Like, I hated it. I hated, like, I I just hated waking up early. I hated the whole thing. I was done with it. And I didn't. I didn't work out for a long time. And then I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I'm depressed. And so then, like, and I think I needed to go through that, though. I needed to, like, completely become sedentary. and 100%. I did that for months on end, too. Just completely sedentary. Mm -hmm. But it was just, like, so different. And it it doesn't solve all your problems. Like you said, it's, like it makes you kind of depressed yeah and for me I remember being like I'm gonna be so much more productive and energetic and have so much more time without working out and I had the opposite experience where I was like tired I wasn't sleeping well weirdly I felt like there were fewer hours in the day like it it just like I was like wow I'm really wrong about this so I a big thing for me was accepting that like um like mental health wise, like I need to be someone who finds 30 minutes in the day to work out. And that's just like, that is my truth that like, once I just like accepted that with myself, then I was, then it it just became less like, this is just who I am. And some people don't need to work out every day. And like, that's great, but everyone's different. Um, so yeah. And then, um, I don't know with the long distances, I just enjoy. So when you run now, what's your kind of like sweet spot with like mileage? I mean, I would say at this phase of Mm -hmm. just getting back into it, like four miles is, is good. And like, I just, I mean, I just don't feel good when I'm running right now. Uh And it's crazy because it's like when you're in shape and you're routinely doing it for months on end, like you feel okay when you go out running. And Uh that's what I think when people, when people start the sport, I didn't realize this until I stepped away for a while. I understand why people don't run because yeah. these first runs are just so bad. Miserable. Like you yeah. You don't feel good at all. No. But then it's like when you're in it, when I was like in college doing these easy runs at seven fifteen pace, it's like, yeah. it was just, you know, yeah, I, it, you're just like floating. Like it's just, you just reach that level of fitness. But for me, yeah. Like four miles right now is like, Ooh, like today I did six miles, but I was on the AlterG, which is like the anti-gravity treadmill, so it's oh. little, it's easier on the body. So okay. um, yeah, I did six miles today on that. But where do you have access to that? Um, well, I I, I booked it on ClassPass, and oh okay, it, yeah, so it's at like some PT place here. It was an absolute sauna i don't recommend oh no Um, like they didn't have ac i think they had ac but like it was just there was no fan directly blowing on me and i was just absolutely dying but it was it was great i love AlterG's. but Uh um right now it's like it's for me it's just the building mileage phase so it's not really necessarily like how long i'm going on a certain day it's more it's the weekly mileage that now i'm focused on so it's like right now I'm at around 30 miles and where, where I want to be is building to 50 miles where I'm just mm. consistently running 50 miles a week without mm. any workouts or anything. But that's when I know like I'm in like, good shape is when I can run 50 miles and I feel okay mm-hmm. doing it. And that's like mm-hmm. the goal. I mean, it's not very glamorous because it's just like boring, easy runs, but I'll work out here and there. Yeah. Um, but do you do any, do you do any like hard workouts or is it just easy runs? Um, well, sometimes I use the Nike run app when they have like the speed runs, which are like interval training. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do that on, that's actually how I break up my long runs. sometimes is I'll like run five miles out from my house and then I'll like start like a speed run. That's like, they have one that's, I believe, um, eight minute or eight intervals of one minute on one minute off Mm -hmm. and I'll like do that in the middle of my long run. And then, um, like it just kind of like breaks up and makes it like exciting and just like a little and then then weirdly I don't know if you have this experience but sometimes when I do intervals in the like the first part of the run will feel the hardest the intervals I'm like distracted and I'm like blasting the music and I'm kind of like having fun with it so it's like yes I'm like exhausted but I'm it's like kind of feel and like you know it's intervals so you can like walk on the off if you want to so it's not like hard in the way of like is this is endless but then when I finish the intervals usually I'm like sweaty and I feel really loose and I just feel like way like the running like the pace that I was in the first part of the run feels so much easier and I'm also just like way more at peace with going slow because I feel like I've kind of already got my work in Mm -hmm. I don't know it's like I feel like a little bit of like a like running psychology hack that's worked for me but to your point about like uh, you, like you understand why people just like don't run and have such an aversion to running. I completely had like have that experience too. And when I, the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, not in a good spot, totally sedentary. Cause I was living in LA and there was like the, the stay at home order was like, you, yeah, like you can, there was a period where it was like, you can't even, you shouldn't be going outside even to run. Like the only reason you should be going out is for like necessities, like getting groceries and stuff. Um, so I like wasn't were like working out at all. And then I got to Rhode Island and my I like was had gained like 20 pounds and it was like I was just not in a good spot. So I was like, my goal, there's a really nice loop around my house that's three miles. So I was like, just do that every day, whether that's walking it or running it, just like get in like those steps. Yeah. And because it was like a set distance, I just ended up running it more at like working up to like running the whole thing. Because it's like, okay, it can either take me like 35 minutes or it will take me an hour. Yeah, walking. you just get impatient with yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, gonna run it. Exactly. I want to get it done. And those the first month of doing that three mile loop every day was miserable and I was like I'm like I feel like I'm dying but then the, you, you don't even realize you are getting to a point where you're like we're running is starting to feel easy and then all of a sudden you go on a run and you're like that felt good like yeah. what like, that felt like good. That I feel okay <laughs> now like when you finish yeah. you're like I don't feel that bad like yeah. I could maybe go more yeah, yeah. And it's so it's such like a liberating feeling. Yeah. But how is it running in New York? And like, do you? Is it? Do you enjoy it? It must be so different. You were living in Oregon, Portland before. Yeah. In, and Portland's beautiful. Yeah. So see, and very I really, I'm I'm not really a trail runner. So okay. if you live in Portland, like there's awesome trails. You have Forest Park, which is just huge, like miles and miles of endless trails but I don't like trail running. I'm not, I don't stay on my feet very well when I trail run oh, and a I'm lot not of very tumbles. good. At, yeah. A lot of tumbles. And I'm not, I, I am not very good at hills. Like I just oh, don't, okay. I don't love them. My yeah. body doesn't really agree with them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I would, I would run like, I would pound the pavement every day. You know, I was oh, okay. going on the waterfront, which is just like, it's just like a flat loop. So when yeah. I move here, I just run, I've been running on like the West side highway, which is like, literally you're just pounding pavement it's the same thing as portland so honestly it's very similar but then the difference is is that the running community in in new york is bigger which is kind of crazy because it's like i thought when i moved to portland that running i mean running is very big there but it's like very a lot of professionals live there because Mm -hmm. nike's based there right right um and under armor and things Mm -hmm. well i guess i don't really know that many under armor athletes actually never mind scratch that but like yeah since Nike's founded there like there are a lot of uh, runners out there and like all my friends were basically washed up you know college mm-hmm. runners too so uh-huh. there is a community out there but like here there's more of a just general running community like mm-hmm. different there's a just a ton of group runs that you can go to and there's like track teams that you can join so that's what I actually really love about New York is like the mm-hmm. running scene is just there's no there's not a lot of pressure but then it's uh-huh. also a lot of fun which is what I need at this yeah. point in my like life right. like in Portland, it's like there's professional runners. I'm like, well, I can't train like that right yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, So it would almost be like discouraging because I'm like, I yeah. can't even go and runs with my friends right now because all my friends are like running 7:30 pace. I'm like, I can't run 7:30 right. pace comfortably right now. Right, right But then right. I go to these track practices here in like, at, like Brooklyn Track Club has a track team. I right. was gonna ask you, do you know Ned Trim? I don't. Okay, I don't know him, but he. <laughs> I know he. uh, Someone messaged me about that earlier. I knew he ran for Berkeley, but. I don't know him. I'm sure I will meet him at some point though. Okay. Cause I was thinking of, um, when I was like thought I was moving to Brooklyn up until like three weeks ago, I was like talking to Ned because we knew each other in LA. We have a mutual friend and Mm -hmm. um, we just like ended up hanging out a little bit in LA before he moved to New York. And, um, he like I I always look at his content and I'm like damn this looks like so much fun like no I know and (laughs) I'm like I mean it's perfect for me because it's like it it is really fun I've been to like a couple practices now it's really fun and Mm -hmm. there's a great amount of content that also comes out of it like just Mm -hmm. always people like vlogging and taking pictures i'm like this is great for me i mean as someone that does this like i'm like i love pictures you know free pics it seems very cool yeah Yeah. like it's like cool yeah it's like a cool kids running club yeah but then so the coach at brooklyn track club used to run at oregon so it's like we know each other and so Mm -hmm. it i don't know it just there's just such a good running community out here so that's why i like running in new york though it's like I don't know, not that many professional runners are living in New York City, Mm -hmm. but also at this phase in my life, it's like I'm just trying to get back into it to be able to run 7.30 pace comfortably, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I just get the other parts of New York that I like, so. Yeah. Like, did you just move there because you, like, wanted to move like, have a period of life where you live in New York? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Do you think it has, like – Helped or do you? For I know you haven't been there for that long, but like as a content creator, do you think that living in New York is a good place to be? Yes, I mean compare. It depends on where you are. Like maybe if you're in LA, it's similar. I would say, and it also depends on. I never really did content creating in LA, but I'd imagine it's a good place. Just Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But sorry, I interrupted. No, I mean I feel like there's just a lot more opportunity. Like even being in Portland, where the running scene is supposedly you know, mm-hmm. big or whatever. I didn't really do that much. You know, I didn't mm. really network that much. And I mean, maybe it's because of the pandemic too, because I only lived there for almost two years and like a year of that was in the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't network that much and there just wasn't that many opportunities that were coming out of like the city of Portland, you know, and then mm-hmm. here, even living here for two weeks, like I've just, I've met a ton of people and there's just mm-hmm. been opportunities that have been like, presented itself and there's just mm-hmm. more like-minded people that are like self-employed doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. so it's like it's more motivating for me like I've been putting out a lot more content than I was before because mm-hmm. especially on YouTube because it's like I can I don't know I'm just more motivated here and I could just feel the energy here is just different and yeah so I mean I do recommend if you're like doing content creation it also yeah. just depends on the industry that you're in and right but like a big city is definitely better than like I don't know exactly where own I, live island. I don't is, know. <laughs> No, it definitely like the i think the point you're making about like being motivated by like just other people doing similar stuff is huge and i like find myself i it's like i live in like this really sleepy beach town and when i'm making videos sometimes i'm just like it just feels like so irrelevant but i think if you're in a city where it's like no people do this and this is like a viable like career. Like you, I I just could see being like way more motivated, but I've been like having troubles with like content motivation recently. And like one thing that I don't know if you ever struggle with this, because since I've started like showing my run, my runs are such a big part of my content. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing that because I was just like loving running. And I was like, I should share this with Mm -hmm. my, you know, followers. And now I like, you know it's taken on its own it's like become a beast of its own where it's like the runs aren't really just for me anymore and like now it's tied to this like concept of work and like um you know it, i have this like very fragile relationship with working out to begin with and it took a lot to overcome it and now that i'm like weaving it in with like this other big thing. That's like now, like my source of income, like it, I'm like, it, was this a healthy thing to do Lydia? I'm not sure. Like, so I might like, I, I haven't really been posting a lot of like running content, um, recently. Um, but that's because I'm going through a little bit of a workout funk right now, but I, I do think I need to be like a little bit careful with like, how much like I still want my workouts to be mine I don't want them to be like I don't think I should share every single workout which is what I started to do which was just overkill yeah wow like I don't think I've ever really talked about that because not that many people can relate to that yeah like, there's not it's, that many. well it's people very specific is, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. very specific but that yeah. is you are literally preaching to the choir it's like yeah even college was fine you know I was doing it really for the fun of it or whatever yeah but then after college it's like I felt this pressure to like continue running even though I was a very unhealthy relationship with running especially right Mm -hmm. after I was like well Mm -hmm. it's like the only thing I'm good at and then now it's like I can make money off of it so now I have to do it and like Mm -hmm. and then everyone's like looking at me but then now it's I mean a couple years down the road and like I've really just humbled myself and realized that like most of the people that follow me now, especially it's like, they're not following me for these insane running times. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of dropped the whatever pressure I put on myself to like, you know, perform or Mm -hmm. even do workout videos. It's like, I, I've been very transparent, especially on my YouTube channel that I'm like, I have really struggled like with my mental relationship with running Mm -hmm. and like working out in general. So Mm -hmm. I don't think people even expect that from me anymore. And Mm -hmm not saying that you should like be open on your platforms about Mm -hmm. it, but I think, yeah, just finding that right balance of like being able to work out for you and not, I don't know, like even now, like today, like running on the Altergy, and I was like, well, I have to film this even Mm -hmm. if I don't want to film. It's like, you have to film the run, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. It's just a weird balance and not that many people can relate to it. And and I am really grateful for being able to do what I do and like Mm -hmm. how this is my job. But yeah, I think it's definitely played into that mental health aspect of running for me and probably something I can discuss with my uh therapist Your therapist i need i need a therapist yeah. <laughs> to talk about this one. Yeah. yeah yeah i did um i for a little bit have you heard of better help yeah that's what I, that's what i do it on oh you do okay so i did better help for a second and i was like this is just i you know i think it's all about like matching with the the right kind of person <laughs> i also think maybe i wasn't like committed to it because i think you really have to be committed but i just like did it like two sessions, and I was like, "This is not for me." And then I like, it's like you lose like five hundred dollars. It was like such. a... I was like, "Damn!" Because yeah, Cause, yeah you, know. you definitely have to. It's definitely the right person. The first person I yeah. started off with was, I was like, I don't know. I did my first session. I was like, oh, "This is not for me." Yeah. And then, I, and then it was like funny because then I felt this kind of shame of like switching counselors, and I was like, "He's gonna yeah. be mad. He's gonna be mad at me." I know. And I was like, "Why? This is. I'm spending my money on this. Why right. am I?" why am I even concerned that he's going to be offended that I'm switching, you know? I don't yeah. Know. I think I let that get to me too much where I was like, starting to get concerned about, um, I don't know, like hurting my counselor's feelings. So I yeah. just like ghosted, but the the weird thing that sh- this person, this woman did was like, she, um, sh- the first meeting she showed up like 10 minutes late. And uh, like, I think, probably from being a college athlete people being on time is so important to me mm-hmm. and i take it really personally when someone's not on time and and i probably should have been more forgiving but for me i was like that's it that's <laughs> it, no right, more that's therapy. it. That's yeah it. yeah i'm like that's all i needed to know about this better help <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I hear yeah. it all the time on my favorite pop every of like con- I listen to so many comedians podcasts and everyone's like this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp." like, yeah. it's, like it's all over that's how it it's, got it. it's definitely hit or miss like you just yeah. have to search for the right person and it took me a couple tries but mm-hmm. we got there and it seems to be going well so mm-hmm. I mean I recommend to to people at least try it out maybe I don't yeah know, maybe you can get a free trial or something I don't know how it works to be honest yeah yeah maybe I should look into it again and be like I'm not sure. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, I,
1: feel, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Yeah, I know. Okay. There's a chance I actually am maybe still coming. I like didn't, I know because we want to just get this interview in, but I might be coming to New York this weekend. So if you want to, I don't know how you feel about running with other people, but if if that happens. I know I am you, down to run for okay. sure. We can do the thing that we, I was trashing earlier about <laughs> social media influencers. Yeah, yeah we like, can collab and be, be fake, fake friends. And be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but I feel like it's different. Yeah, and like in the is. running world, it's like everyone's pretty nice. So it's like, you're not going to get that many fake people, I think. So I know, I know. I would like, feel like there's on TikTok, there just seem to be like, real running tiktok and then like fake running tiktok yeah and i'm like it's when you're not that i mean not to be on my high horse but i feel like when you actually when you know not that actually i don't even know if it's like real running but i just like because i have this background as being like a
0: college college athlete athlete. like
1: i'm like i know when someone's a legit athlete and i know when it's just like some bullshit like, like putting on a show being you're like you're just Look hot at me, I'm, quirky, I'm going for a run yeah and and sports it's... bra and spandex and i know that's like falling off your tit i mean whatever <laughs> i don't want to like trash people but right i feel bad <laughs> yeah yeah but i like feel like i can you know Obviously, you know, we both have, like, this shared background. I think just, like, having a shared background of being a college athlete, like, that stuff, like, you you know what someone's been through. when they, Yeah. (laughs) Like, two different sports. Completely different sports. But it's, like, it's very similar experience. I mean, just what you've talked about on this podcast. It's, like, everyone goes through it, you know? Yeah. Endurance. I think specifically endurance sports. I, like, wish... I wish I was more coordinated like whenever my boyfriend played lacrosse and I would like go to his lacrosse games also sorry I feel like you were trying to wrap up the podcast no I mean <laughs> I know I don't care no we got I feel bad for taking later. up your time no 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 but anyway I would go to his lacrosse games and I'd be like damn what I would give to be on the men's lacrosse team I was like I was like it looks like so much fun and they're like okay, see for me it, for me, it's the sprinting like I wish oh. I could be a sprinter or like I don't know like a High jumper or something. I'm like, that seems yeah. so cool. And then instead, I have to absolutely destroy like, just my body on the yourself, track yeah. every week. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, like the point of your out and pissing yeah. yourself across yeah. the yeah. finish line. I'm like, that's what I'm good yeah. at. That's the only thing I'm good at. I'm not good at sports. I know. My senior year, I literally think I threw up at like 90% of my practices. And that's what it was. It was like, oh, and that was a good practice. Pat on the back for getting yourself to throw up. Like, it was just <laughs> too bad. i also had a stomach ulcer i had a stomach ulcer (laughs) (laughs) so it's like not good (laughs) oh gosh i've never thrown up from running that's kind of like my worst fear like i think it kind of hinders my performances because okay no this is just giving people bad ideas like you don't have to throw up to be a good runner no i'm just i've never pushed myself to that point of being i think i would stop before i threw up because that's how much Mm. i've been growing up yeah yeah i don't have as much of a throw up aversion like and I would always feel so much better after I did. Like yeah. I feel so nauseous and then I would throw up. And, okay. I don't want to like, you know, I feel like throwing up can be like a triggering discussion. <laughs> so we'll end it there. I just probably like ate funky food before practice yeah. and just, you know, wasn't, I mean, we had like practice at like 3 p.m., which is only like two hours after lunch. Yeah. It's know? a rough practice time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My stomach's always yeah. hurting at 3 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I I honestly didn't really get to anything that I want to... Like I'm sorry. Now. No, I mean, it was great. It was okay. good. That's, honestly, It's that's a sign of a good podcast and also a sign that we probably have to do another one sometime yes. down the road. When um, I start my podcast, we'll yes. do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I Here hope. we go. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to go through some listener questions really quick. Uh, okay. Because we got to please the audience that yes Wanted specific things out of this podcast not talks about tiktok and or i mean i guess maybe that's what they want out of this. Yeah, i don't yeah. know what they want um well i do because they ask the questions all right <laughs> how do you keep your love for running um wait this was a question specifically for me yeah these are all for you oh wow that's so flattering um how do i keep my love for running Um, well, I just like set myself up for like, I I know it sounds silly, but like the little things like putting on a cute fit. Like, and like having a fire playlist and just like being like, even if I'm not excited for the run, if I'm like excited to listen to a few songs, like that keeps me going. So I I do think it's like focusing on the details of like, like if if it's not the run itself, which is going to excite you, which you know what, 50% of the time it's not like the things that like are like coincidentally part of the run, um, like be focused on those, which I guess like are mostly. The outfit. I mean, uh, if you for anyone who follows me, I like always put this little like tiger bomb I don't know if you use tiger bomb but it's like I, I, I have used that since high school, but I I know what it is. Yeah, I started using it because I went in college. I herniated a disc, and it was just like kind of a numbing sort of thing. Yeah. But now I like love the smell of it. So even like just little things, like figure out what you like and incorporate that into your run, and then I think you'll like enjoy most runs. Great answer. If you had to do another sport, what would it be? I mean, I guess you said lacrosse. Men's lacrosse.
0: (laughs) Men's Um, lacrosse.
1: (laughs) Men's lacrosse. No, I mean, like, I think so many. Like, I wish I played volleyball. I wish I was a soccer player. (laughs) Tennis. Honestly, I'm trying to get into tennis this summer. I Yeah, I love all sports. Basketball. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have so many answers. Yeah. Wait, did you row in high school? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were, you brought up a rower. I was. And someone commented, I like made a video where I like talked about my rowing briefly. Who was the chick who like got in her mom, like got her into USC or oh, something? Oh, uh, Olivia Jade. Jade. Yeah. Someone was like, okay, Olivia Jade. And I'm like, shut fuck oh. like, I, I was like do not compare me to someone who faked their way in like you don't even know what I went through to get recruited like I just and but that, those are the type of comments that get under my skin where I'm like <laughs> you don't know what a slight that is to my identity they're like that you're implying that I like faked my way in like you faked your oh. way into the school yeah I, like when it was like so much work well whatever <laughs> Not bitter about it or anything. Not mad, but... <laughs> okay, tips. No, wait. Best running music. Um, I've talked about this before on my TikTok, but I really love like angsty pop. Um, I actually was listening. Dude, I was listening to one of your podcast or your uh, playlists Um, the other day. I was on a bike, but then I also did listen to it on a run. It's so good. You had, it was like a lot of, there was some Kanye in there um playlist was it so I, it was uh, was it was, a running playlist it, you know? i think it was because i think i saw you share it on your instagram or something oh, it's probably running 3.0 or something yeah i think that's was- the most recent one i shared Just a running playlist of 2019. Yeah, it was good. But I would say the stuff that gets me going is angsty pop. Olivia Rodrigo has been great for that because I kind of like to be a little bit in my feels, but it has to be like upbeat. There's some Taylor Swift songs that really work well um, in that regard. (laughs) Um, Like Imagine Dragons, just a little basic. Like I definitely, yeah, I'm a basic Bitch, when it comes to music i i mean the big booty remixes those are always oh, like those good. are great but those, I, I think are my go-to lately mm-hmm. i only put those on at the end of the run though when i'm like gonna sprint because they're like hype me it's like hype you See, know? that's what i like to listen to though like i will listen oh. like I, I want something blaring in my ears most of the time like you're not gonna catch me listening to taylor swift on a run no way okay straight up like like hardcore rap maybe not hardcore rap but like (laughs) hip-hop or like really like loud pop music or like Mm -hmm. like Kendrick Lamar like just something that's oh but yeah yeah like kind of angry it sounds like I would listen to that though while I was studying in college so I think Taylor Swift no no your music um, yeah yeah, yeah. Kendrick Lamar oh okay yeah so that you know to each his own that's It was a long-winded answer for a, for a simple question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tips on having fun as a college athlete. Um, I think I mean the way I had fun was just like embracing. Like once you're committed to your sport, which I think the like you, it's you can't have one foot out the door. Like if you're gonna do your sport, like do it with your full heart and soul, um, not to get sappy. And like, I don't know my team on, we are like spring season was technically our, like dry, like our, like real, like that's when we had like NCAs and stuff like that. So we were dry, but like, if your team parties, like go to the team pregames in the, in the fall, we did that. We were dry in the spring, but like, I don't know, do fun things with your team, but also My advice, because I used to always feel this, like this pressure to like do like, I don't know, I had people on my team who would like be like, we're doing a nail painting, like Friday night nail painting, watching The Bachelor. And I'd never go, I'd be like, fuck that. That is like, I'd so much rather be alone. And that's an example of when I felt like they like judged me and thought I was being like a bitch. And it's like, no, I just like, like set your boundaries and be true to your boundaries also. Like, don't feel this pressure to like always going to like team social stuff because That's just, you know, live your truth. (laughs) Live your truth. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Um, Is rowing or running, do you prefer rowing or running? Oh, running for sure. But, and that's why I have so much props for you because to do the sport that I did so like competitively and return to it and like not compare myself to like my past self and not get caught up in that would be so hard as a rower. Uh, or doing that with rowing, so I'm, I have huge respect for you to like continue doing the sport that you, I guess, have had so many different relationships with. It yeah. seems like well, it's like I don't know what other what other sport would I even choose? Yeah, I'm I'm so uncoordinated. Like running is easy, you know. Yeah. All you need are your shoes. All you need are your shoes, so most people can do it. But it's like I'm not gonna go. I mean, I guess I could go hop on the rowing machines. or, yeah, or But my don't upper do body that. strength is terrible. Yeah well rowing actually that's a misconception is that it's a lot of upper body and obviously is like shoulders but the big muscle is actually like the glutes and the quads because the seat moves so you're like pushing with your legs but yeah um yeah well say I have minimal upper body strength I actually have none so I don't know (laughs) I can't even do a pull-up so oh yeah I have like weirdly I think not weirdly it's probably because of my rowing history but like I just don't think I'll never not have like bulky shoulders like i'm like it's just i have pretty broad shoulders because i grew up a swimmer too so my oh. shoulders are pretty mm-hmm. i think it is like just from the sport you know mm-hmm. yeah like yeah, you condition your body at a young age yeah and it will like forever look that way yeah so yeah. i love swimmer shoulders even though yeah. i mean i guess i swim a little bit but hey i think broad shoulders are sexy so i mean yeah i don't i'm not insecure about them or anything yeah. it's just, uh... anyway <laughs> 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 have you always been so confident um, I think so. Yeah, I think I think I mean, I'm very insecure. But I think like, <laughs> I also think I'm, I'm <laughs> not confident. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think like, um, part of like, I think you can be super confident and super insecure at the same time. And so I think I am I've always had the confidence about the things that I'm confident about, which is like, I think like my work ethic and like, um, I don't know, just like certain things. I think like my intuition of people I'm really confident in, but there are things that I'm also like deeply insecure about that. Like, you know, I also live with every day and maybe those aren't as obvious on my TikToks because like I've managed to like showcase the confidence and obscure the, the insecurities. But I think, super confident people there I don't think there's anyone who's like simply confident maybe like Kendrick Lamar Do- isn't doesn't he like talk about how like I don't know I thought I saw a video of him. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> or like um friend, I don't know but anyway Kanye, probably yeah but Connie is probably mentally is Ill. insecure <laughs> yeah he's mentally ill. He, isn't he but he doesn't doesn't he have like Die. I don't know I thought he had bipolar disorder I think he, I think he does have bipolar but is yeah it? but he is probably insecure too yeah yeah. Anyway, <laughs> talk oh yeah, um, what's your favorite pre run meal um well, i like I prefer to run in the mornings, so, and depending on the distance I'm going, like if I'm going for a three mile run- anything under five miles, I'll just have a banana and coffee, and I'll like shit before, and so I'll just like make sure I get that in and and that's like ideal, but if I'm going anything over five miles. I'll have like a bowl of oatmeal with a banana, some peanut butter. Th- this is my ideal. Um, and some cinnamon. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. That's like what I ate every day in college. Banana, really? oatmeal, peanut butter, cinnamon. Wow. Soulmates. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but, that's a yeah. like of champions right there. It really is so good. And I just think it's like perfect fuel. Yeah. Um, okay. We didn't even talk about like fruit gang. Where did... Oh, yeah. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> um, It was a very organic thing. I think I just, like, start... I just, in a few videos that were, like, close enough together, I had been, like, eating fruit. And I ordered a box of, like, tropical fruit from Miami that I did, like, this tasting of. Okay, and- Miami fruit looks incredible I'm like I want that it's really good I mean it's expensive like they're pricey but I guess it like makes sense because it's like you know or it's like an organic fruit farm and it's also like shipping fruit at like overnight is not cheap it's like definitely not like a super sustainable like I don't I've only gotten it three times and I probably won't get it a lot more just because it's like you know am I really like going to like the, I don't know, the like sustainability ethics, a part of like shipping fruit from Miami when I can just like eat an apple, you know, from stop and shop in near my home. (laughs) But um, yeah, to answer your question, I was like, I think I just have been like eating fruit and I'd be like, I love fruit, fruit gang. I probably was putting together like a bowl of oatmeal with the banana started saying it. And then people in the comments started commenting fruit gang And then I just started repeating it more and more. And then it just like became a thing. Like it created itself really. Yeah. That's so funny. Like, yeah, I, so the first thing I said in my first YouTube video was what's up fellas. I don't, I think maybe I was saying it on my team or something. Like, I don't know where the term came from, but then that became my thing. And now I'm known as fellas. Like that's my thing. Oh, like your yeah. followers or your... Like my followers. Maybe not on TikTok because I don't yeah. even know who follows me on TikTok yeah, yeah. to be honest. But like yeah. everywhere else, like people know me as what's up fellas. Like in the start yeah. of this podcast is going to say what's up fellas. I love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I think you can't force these things. Like either they like come or arrive. And like so many people ask me, like, you know, people who are like, who've known me in college or high school, they're like, what is fruit gang? And like, when people ask me, I like, I'm I'm like, I don't really know how to define it. Like, I guess people who are in fruit gang, they do like to work out, but they don't have to necessarily be a runner. They can just be beginning to run. They they like fruit, I guess. They eat fruit, but like, we all eat fruit. So that's not like a really like defining characteristic. I'm like, they like funky outfits. Like, I don't know. I'm like, it can kind of be whatever it wants to be. And I think that is like, That like little mystery, I think, is is good. Like, I don't want it to be like super well defined. Yeah, I don't think you should define like a characteristic or like a group of people that follow you. I think no, too too niche. Yeah. Um. What is your favorite fruit? Um. Well. it's tough. I love so many like banana is my ride or die. You know, it's just like really a solid fruit that's been there for me through so much. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Um, so like, I really don't want to like, you know, I feel strong loyalty to banana, but I also, love okay and i'm gonna mispronounce this and this is a for example a thing on tiktok where i like pronounced lychee i think it's lychee or you know lychee lychee yes okay that's what it is i'm like (laughs) am i saying it wrong no no you're saying it right lychee and I'm such I feel like an imposter for saying lychee is my favorite fruit when I was pronouncing it lychee, but I do love lychee. It's close. I think cousin Rambutan is also really good. Like that, I just like peeling it and I've never had it. Oh, it's so good. You gotta try it. I mean, I don't know where you could probably find it in New York, I'm oh, sure. Figure it yeah. out. I'm sure there's some lychee in the city somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's the short answer. But probably banana, which is so boring. But as I said, they're it's, for it's me. bananas have been with me through like thick and thin. Exactly. Always, they're, they're reliable. They're, they're, not they're not gonna hurt your stomach at all. No. You can eat them before you work out, right? Like right before you work out. Mm-hmm. You have them as smooth in a smoothie as ice cream. You can do whatever you want with them. Banana bread. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. they it's the perfect fruit. And it doesn't get the attention it deserves because it's just kind of like, we grew up with it or in America. It's like too prevalent, you know? Yeah. Everyone just sees banana apple. You're like, well, bananas are definitely superior to apples. Yeah. Oh yeah, they are. Their one flaw though is that they mush so easily and that is gross. I know. I was about to be like, they're great to like take around, but they're really not actually. You don't want to like bring a banana with you on a trip because- Yeah. Have you ever been, have you ever brought a banana on an airplane in a backpack? Uh, I believe I have probably for a race. And that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. I actually had I have like, it's like a trigger for me, because in college, there's this boy I had a massive crush on. And I in the dining hall, I would like pack this, you know, like where your water bottle, like kind of like elastic thing on your backpack, I would Mm -hmm. like shove fruit in there to like eat later in my dorm. And I was, like, going on, like, a walk with this boy who I really liked. It was, like, a weekday night. His name's Paul. He will, won't be listening Paul, to this. Paul. Paul. He was like, shout out. Yeah, shout out, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, was literally the nicest guy. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, like, I had a bunch of fruit, including a banana, Shoved in the side of my bag. And you know, I'm kind of a nasty girl. So sometimes I would forget to take out the fruit. Like I would forget to replace it. Like if I didn't eat it all that day, I would just like leave it there. Yeah. So underneath the banana was a plum that had been there for a few days, I guess. And it hadn't gone like bad or moldy, but like if a plum is sitting there being like jostled around for its few days, it's gonna, it's gonna be like soft. Yeah. And I, we like ended up going back to his room. Oh my God. I like just thinking about this, I'm getting like embarrassment. But <laughs> I believe we like kissed or something. It was like the first time we kissed and I had put my backpack on his bed, which is like mistake number one, because I actually think that was kind of like, you should never put your backpack on someone's like bed or couch. Cause backpacks are kind of nasty. Yeah. They're kind of nasty. It's put it around. on the floor. Yeah. yeah. But I put it on his bed and then, and he had like all white Pristine oh. sheets and then we, like, maybe the lights had gone off. It was, like, an awkward college hookup. And then I... Maybe um, the lights had gone off. We, like, flicked them on after, like, I think an awkward makeout. And uh the, like, plum juice had, like, seeped all over his bed. And we, like... Then, then I, I was, like, I'm so sorry because I was, like i that sort of like thing where like you mess up someone's like personal property or like Ooh. anything that i was like raised in a way where it's like that is the greatest sin if you yeah. like do something like that to someone so i like and he was like really upset like the i think i don't know it like he was really upset by it honestly like t- like i'm like it was obviously an accident yeah that made that makes it worse I like know, I like have- sorry i didn't mean for my plum juice to spill everywhere yeah, he was like so frazzled and he like is ripping the sheets off his bed. It was like so dramatic. And cool. I like I'm like I'm helping him and it was like a little bit of plum juice. And then we like go down to the like the student washer dryers and and he's just like upset and I'm like oh, I'm going to go. I'm so sorry. And then the next time we hang out, which I think is a few days later, he tells me he just wants to be friends. <laughs> I was like, my little heart was broken. I was like, God damn it, the plum! <laughs> I feel like it's very on brand, though. You know, yeah it, that that was really my first fruit gang moment. Yeah, and it defined me. And um, you know, in in the end, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, do you think Paul <laughs> Thanks, regrets Paul. it? Probably. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I know I all the happiness that brute that fruit has brought you. Like, yeah. But Paul was cool. You know, he was a cool guy and i he will always be, you know, when someone like rejects you, but does it in a nice way, they're like forever ingrained in your mind as like kind of the one that got away. Yeah. Even if like. Because you're like, what's wrong rejected. with me? What did I do? Totally. And I. You're normal and cool. Yeah. And, and I went there and I was like, it could have been the plum, but it wasn't the plum. There's no way it was the plum that really like made him reject me. And I do actually think the plum was part of it, but yeah, probably. probably, Yeah, the way he reacted, probably. Because it was one of those things where he did seem into it for a little bit. Like, yeah. leading up to that night, the Night of the Plum debacle, there was, like, a lot of texting, a lot of hanging out. Like, I, we, like, send, were sending each other writing, I think. Like, it became, like, kind of this, like, cerebral oh, really? relationship. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> well, I've been, I, I feel like everyone could be interested in that. I love, like, little relationship stories or whatever. I think everyone does. You know, that's why, yeah. like, Call her daddy is a thing. Like everyone just loves right. people's relationship drama or just even on TikTok. Yeah. Um okay, well, I have other questions, but we're not gonna get to them. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I will spare I will spare the listeners um okay. another hour of their day. Just <laughs> listening to us talk about random stuff. But give me advice to your younger self. Um advice to my younger self. Um I guess like maybe like I wish I had like trusted myself more like even two years ago especially when I was like start or no honestly four years ago right when I graduated college because I knew I wanted to go into like some sort of creative capacity of like work and I think there's like whenever you're going into a creative industry there's a voice that's like well can I do it because it's like a lot of people want to be in that industry but like I kind of wish I had like gone in with a little bit more belief in myself because I think I maybe would have gotten to where I am now a little bit quicker. And I just, you know, with social media, I'm not sure if you ever had this, but there was like definitely the biggest thing I had to push through was the embarrassment of posting things on my Instagram and like yes. being vulnerable and like, and basically announcing to the world that you're trying to do this. Yeah. And that's a scary thing because it's like, who does this girl think she is like trying to be Instagram famous, trying to be TikTok famous. And, um, it's like, who cares who you think, who you think I think I am? Like, I think I'm good enough for this. And like that then, and it doesn't affect you. Yeah. But I got, I was so concerned about these made up opinions that I had like been like thought people were thinking of me that I think it it took me a little bit longer than not that it should have because things happen how they happen. But I think I just would have been where i kind of gotten to where i am a little bit quicker if i wasn't so worried about that sort of bullshit yeah i think it's a little easier now like people don't know what it was like back in the day you know five years ago trying to yeah get yeah media. yeah and Now everyone like it, no one really judges you that much for it anymore i mean maybe, yeah but it's just more common but like back mm-hmm. in the day when I, I remember when i first started my youtube channel like mm-hmm. someone i knew subtweeted about me and like because what they was- say <laughs> what they say and (laughs) there's no way that this person's listening but um i like no i like knew them personally so it kind of hurt because like they were like what well okay so i I was just posting my instagram doing the cringe stuff being like hey Mm i watched my vlog you know like Mm -hmm. just typical cringe youtube Mm -hmm. promoting how many followers do you think you had at that time (sighs) this was like really early into my into my thing so only probably a couple thousand subscribers if that on youtube like mm-hmm. and on instagram a couple thousand followers like two thousand okay. three thousand i don't know mm-hmm. um and then that's still like significant when you're just starting out though like that yeah not, yeah i like, mean it wasn't yeah it wasn't small i mean i think i just like because i was a good runner in high school so i think people mm-hmm. just like oh, kind of, oh you were kind of like famous in the world a little bit already Not famous but like just being a good runner it's like no yeah and just being in the running scene. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I, so the person subtweeted me and they said, we get it. We want, we are, we get it. You want us to watch your YouTube video. And I yes. knew immediately yeah. that it was about me. And I of was course. like, yeah, And I tweeted back at them and I was like, and I was like, I would unfollow me too if I were you or something. Yeah, good for you for clapping back. Well, I was like, I was like, this is clearly about me. No one else in the competitive running scene is starting a YouTube channel and posting all that other thing. But it was funny because this person's significant other DMs me later and apologizes on behalf of them. Oh my god. Are they together still? No, they're not together anymore. Oh Um, but yeah. So it's like but people were backing me up. You know, people on my mm-hmm. team are like, don't listen to that, whatever. Uh, but it was just and funny. now and then, look at you. And no, no. Was, and then, okay. The ironic yeah. thing was because then this person was working for some company. And a couple yeah. years later down the road, they asked if I, like, wanted free products. And I yeah. was like, fuck no. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That is so. And that's, like, just I'm, like, unsurprised that that person ended up crawling back because like it, that's just that is an example of like that person was probably sad and jealous yeah. and, and in a bad place and like yeah. I mean so I do feel I mean I don't feel that bad because the person did no. it to me but like yeah. I mean I, I understand I guess where the person was coming from and the significant other said that that they were dealing with some stuff but either way don't take it out on other people anyway no. Yeah. anyways completely different <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, okay I'm a fan well of the tangents we talked about a lot of different things. I don't even remember where we started on this podcast, but we probably have like significantly different audiences. So I'm assuming, I mean, some people definitely know who you are that follow me, but where can people follow you at if they don't already follow you on TikTok and stuff? Okay. My Instagram is Lydia Lou one, two. My TikTok is LydiaLoo121. My YouTube channel, which I'm like less active on, but trying to get more active. I'm trying to do more running content on YouTube, but YouTube's hard. I mean, props to you for, do you edit your own videos? Yeah. Yeah um my youtube is lydia keating which is my name so that's where you can find me (laughs) sweet um well thanks for coming on taking an hour and a half out of your day to talk thank you yeah this is really fun um to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas oh i'd love to peace out fellas (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of comms over cold brew i hope you enjoyed it Lydia and I, seriously, I'm not kidding. We could have talked for another hour at least, but I had to cut it off. Don't worry. I'm sure we will have enough to talk about for another episode. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcast. Also, follow our Instagram at pod so you can submit listener questions or just be up to date on the latest episodes. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I seriously appreciate it. I cannot express to you enough how much it means to me to be able to do this. Many more episodes to come. And I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out,
0: fellas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.